Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to The Dark Parts, a show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host, Heath, and with me today, as always, is the lovely queen of Scream, Daphne. Daphne, how you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? Um, I'm extremely hungover today. I know you are. We've been <laughs> yeah. laying around watching thriller movies all day. It's been a relaxing day, but now here we are. And you know what the saddest part about me being hungover is? What? Is the fact that I got drunk at home. By a, accident. A, by accident on a Tuesday night, and I am a stupid person. So Daphne, I got to ask you a question. Yes. You're one of the only people that I know that has pretty consistent nightmares. Too many. Oh my God, I had so many last night. You, last yeah. night was fucking horrible. You did, yeah. You told me about all those. One of them, weirdly, I've never had this dream before, but it was that you stabbed me. What the hell? Yeah, horrible. I don't know. I think you've just had too much true crime on the brain lately. Uh, what did we watch? Uh, we watched um, Basic Instinct last night. Maybe uh, I was thinking about that ice pick. Yeah, probably. But have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? No, but when I was in high school, when I was a senior, I wrote and directed a short film about sleep paralysis, and I submitted it to our like school's film festival, and like at the scary parts, the audience laughed out loud. Oh, no. I was so sad. Oh, no. That's <laughs> the worst. Yeah, so I, I researched it a lot at the time, but I've never had it, luckily, and I don't want to. So there were no scared reactions in the audience whatsoever. <laughs> Not that I detected, even though I thought it was so creepy. And honestly, like, I thought I did a pretty good job, like, just pat myself on the back there. But no, I guess nobody else did. <laughs> oh, well. I got to show it to you one of these days. Oh, I'm so down to see it. Well, speaking of, let's talk about darkness. Why is it that the worst part of our imagination seems to present itself in the shadows of the night? Is it because we're no longer in control of our surroundings and we're left to the mercy of the black abyss? Or is it because the monsters and boogeymen that we create in our own minds leave us with a sense of impending danger? Well, I'm here to tell you that roughly around 7.6% of people will experience or be affected by sleep paralysis within their lifetime. But it's not just the lack of ability to move any of your limbs that terrifies most people but what they may see lurking in the corners of their bedroom. But what happens when multiple witnesses from all around the world report seeing the exact same entity with almost the exact same description? Well, that's exactly what we're here to talk about today. So wake up, grab a cup of coffee, and whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Because we're about to dive into the menacing sleep creep that we call the Hat Man. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Before we get into some terrifying tales, let's first discover who Hat Man is. There really is no concrete origin that we could find or trace back to, but Hat Man is known as a shadow person, and people have been seeing shadow people for thousands of years. So let's break down what a shadow person is first. 
Shadow people come in many different forms and are typically seen in bedrooms at night and are often associated with sleep paralysis. The bodies of shadow people appear to be comprised of only blackness and lack any facial features or bodily features, meaning the figures often have the shape of a human, but nothing else is really distinguishable. But sometimes, rare reports do describe a face, eyes, or a mouth. It's been described that whatever emotional state you're in will determine what kind of shadow person you may encounter. For example, if you're stressed or you're sad, you may witness a malicious or sinister shadow person. And if you're in good spirits and appear emotionally stable, you may encounter a shadow person who is neutral or observant and curious. Shadow people are often accompanied by other coinciding effects, such as delirium, paranoia, anxiety, and feelings of impending doom. They are most commonly induced under the influence of heavy dosages of deliriant compounds, such as DPH, which is the active ingredient in Benadryl. However, they can also occur under the influence of stimulant psychosis, sleep deprivation, and during sleep paralysis. So now you kind of understand what a shadow person is, so let's talk about one of the most popular, or infamous if you will, shadow people to exist and probably one of the most evil. The Hat Man is a ghostly figure of darkness, usually standing between 6 feet and 10 feet tall, which causes him to crouch over his victims. But unlike most shadow people, Hat Man appears to have more of a definitive outline opposed to like a wispy kind of figure. Witnesses report that he's often wearing a suit cloaked by either a trench coat or a cape accompanied by either a top hat, fedora, or a gaucho hat. So basically like a, like a southwestern cowboy hat. And some have described red lifeless eyes with needle sharp pointed teeth. And others say that he has no facial features or a blank black face. In some instances, Hatman is seen carrying a gold timepiece that he occasionally glances at, but every single witness describes Hatman as having a very heavy and ominous presence filled with negativity and doom. Hatman's appearance alone is the stuff of nightmares. I mean, literally. But what does he do that makes him so terrifying? Well, when Hatman comes, it's during the phases of either falling asleep or waking up, but on very rare occasions, witnesses describe seeing him while completely awake, which feels even more scary. Most of the time, Hatman is simply observing his prey, feeding off their fear, and he can be seen hunched over your bed, watching you from a mirror, or even stalking you from the corner of the room. It's also said that Hatman will sometimes attack his victims by choking them or sitting on their chest, which are, you know, very common for sleep paralysis as well. Exactly. Some believe that he's an interdimensional being, others say he's like a night demon, and some say that he's the devil himself. Again, he is often associated with sleep paralysis and may visit his victim for a matter of seconds or possibly a few minutes. And when he's finished with you, he'll vanish into a wall or through a door. According to one witness, a man named Timothy Brown, he wrote in a blog in 2008, quote, what I saw gripped me immediately with fear and dread. 
The man had no distinguishable features whatsoever. I could see no eyes, no nose or mouth, only blackness. He looked like a shadow, only darker, much darker. He had a very wide-brimmed hat and a long trench coat that flowed as he moved. Yeah, and we're actually going to talk more about Thomas Brown later because he actually created a website dedicated to Hatman. It's called thehatmanproject.com. So we're going to talk about him here in a bit. In April of 2001, a host from the paranormal radio show Coast to Coast AM... Love it. ...discussed the topic of shadow people with his guest, a Native American man named Thunder Strikes, in which guests were asked to submit their drawings of shadow people that they had witnessed, and some of the drawings contained images of the hat man. Now, years later in 2014, an author named Heidi Hollis wrote a book titled The Hat Man, The True Story of Evil Encounters. And here's the description of the book. Have you seen this man? It was a simple image and question posted online that sparked a worldwide awareness that he is real. From the author who discovered him and told you about the shadow people, now learn of the new threat. Victims worldwide have reported seeing this man peering into their homes, their bedrooms, their cribs, their cars, their lives, and even into their souls. It starts with the feeling of not being alone, only to look to the foot of your bed and find that you were right. Oh, man. There's a stranger in your room, and you know that you see him. Worst of all, you know that he sees you too. You try to scream or run, only to find that you're paralyzed. Terror then reaches new levels as he approaches you, leans within inches of your face, and lets you know that he is indeed your worst nightmare. This is the true story of the beginning of unthinkable horror that you have never heard before. Not many can say that they named two paranormal phenomena like Heidi Hollis. With her personal story and almost 50 encounters detailed here, you'll soon find that darkness can hide, but the light always wins. Another book about the hat man was published in 2015 by author Micah Ackerman called Shadow People, The Origin of the Hat Man. Now, of course, as we mentioned before, we don't believe that it would be possible to pinpoint Hatman's true origins, but I want to read you an excerpt from this book that made me kind of anxious when I read it. And if you want to read more, go pick up this book. It's a fairly short and eerie read. Again, the uh, it's called Shadow People, The Origin of the Hatman. And here is that excerpt. Quote, The first time Jabari Livingston saw a shadow person, he was 18 years old. He had just graduated high school and was half asleep in his grandparents' living room. His grandmother was dying in hospice with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, and his family had rented a hospital bed and had it set up in the living room so she could watch TV while the mutating tumor slowly ate her organs. The hospice nurse had left for the night, and Jabari agreed to watch after his grandmother while the rest of the family met with the funeral director to make arrangements for when her final breath came. Jabari was sitting in a chair across the room from his sleeping grandmother when he saw movement by her bed. At first, he thought that perhaps his grandfather had come home early, but as his eyes began to focus, he could make out a tall, dark figure hunched over the frail old woman's bed. 
The intruder was semi-transparent, nearly seven feet tall and rail thin. Its top half was warped to fit the contours of the room, bent like the folds of a paper doll. Jabari tried to get up, but he couldn't lift his arms, and his legs felt like they were welded to the chair. He watched in terror as the tall black phantom turned to him and smiled. The creature's white teeth gleamed against the black of its face, and each ivory tooth looked like it had been sharpened to a needle point. An impossibly long, spindly arm of wispy shadow came up from its side. The arm had long, sharp fingers like black tendrils of smoke, but solid and bent like the tongs of a rake. Worst of all were its eyes, which were scarlet like an albino rabbit's eyes, but they didn't reflect. They were lifeless, as lifeless as red can be. Jabari struggled, trying to free himself from whatever force had imprisoned him in the chair. Suddenly, the creature's sharp hand plunged into his grandmother's chest. She arched her back, and her waifish body became stiff as the shadow gripped her heart through her chest. Jabari's nose filled with the pungent odor of urine. His grandma gasped one last gulp of air and sank slowly down onto the now-soiled mattress. The shadow then drifted over to Jabari, smiled one last time, its eyes gleaming like the mirrors of a solar panel, and then disappeared into the wall. The medical examiner never conducted an autopsy, but Jabari knew that if anyone had they would have found that his grandmother wasn't killed by cancer, but instead had her heart crushed. So again, if you want to go check out that book, it's fairly short. Like I think it's like 38 pages, uh, but it's very, very disturbing. But what's really interesting here is that Hatman caught wild media attention and popularity in recent years, even acquiring its own subreddit called r Hatman. YouTuber Your Bud Tevin even tweeted in October of 2022, First date idea. We both take 23 Benadryl and try to fight the hat man. Um, that's kind of ill-advised. <laughs> but he wasn't the only celebrity to mention hat man. Wisconsin News Today wrote an article published on August 11th, 2022, titled, Rogers won't stop talking about the hat man since his ayahuasca trip. But who is Rogers, you might ask? Well, we're talking about Green Bay quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, of course. The article states, quote, Not much is known of the mysterious hat man, except that Aaron Rodgers first started seeing the shadowy figure after his ayahuasca-fueled trips in Peru during the 2020 and 2022 off-seasons. Aaron says, quote, He will sometimes appear in the distance, usually veiled by darkness, holding the corpse of a dead rabbit, and sometimes a blade. Teammates are concerned for the quarterback, who now fears being in the locker room alone, after he claims that the lights, quote, started to flicker and turn off one by one. He continued, It was behind me, not even breathing hard. I heard its feet hitting the ground in a constant rhythm. I ran to my car, opened the door, slammed it behind me, and locked it as fast as I could. It's really crazy because, uh, you know, all these types of stories that we read on this show, 
Like you never hear a famous person or a public figure talk about experiences with them. It's always just some like random person and yeah. you know, God knows where. So it's it's really interesting to hear him say this because it's kind of I don't know why he's a, that he's a pro athlete that yeah. makes millions of dollars. I don't know why that like g- gives it more weight somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of I kind of know what you're saying. But it's weird. It's like when I found that article, I was like, "Holy shit! This is like probably the strangest thing I've ever read." Yeah, that's crazy. And with that, I'm sure you guys are ready for some more witness reports. And how could we deny you of that? The first report we have for you comes from a woman in Texas named Stacy Alejo. She described her experience to a reporter in 2019, and this was actually published in the San Antonio Current, also adds weight. And it says, quote, As her eyes adjusted to the darkness, Stacy could clearly make out the outline of a humanoid figure standing behind the white picket fence that surrounded her yard. As Stacy watched fearfully, the being began to sidle into a strange sideways motion, all the while keeping its outstretched arms on the top fence post. When she noticed the audible crunching of dried leaves beneath the entity's feet, Stacy was quite sure that she was not dreaming nor imagining things. Understandably terrified, the young girl dove underneath her sheets, quaking in fear until morning. Her adamant attempts to wake her aunt, who was sleeping next to her at the time, were futile. It almost seemed as if her aunt had been in a trance. And this one's creepy because, like, it's he's not even in her room. He's outside watching from behind her fence. Yeah, like, there's stalking. There's something about, like, someone prowling around, like, a yard or a backyard that is so creepy to me. And then thinking about the white picket fence and just how, like, seeing, like, a... a a uh, hat man uh-huh. behind a white picket fence just kind of slowly like moving sideways yeah. through a window. Fuck me. Yeah. That is terrifying. So creepy. Next, Reddit user U slash DaisyZZ underscore wrote, quote, This was my first encounter with the hat man. First time even hearing about this dude. The dream took place on the living room floor of my childhood home where I was having sleep paralysis. While I was paralyzed, the hat man made his way towards me and started cutting my hair from the left side of my head. That side of my head has been tingling since I woke up. While in my dream within a dream, I was trying to scream since that's how I wake myself up from sleep paralysis. When I woke, I was having actual sleep paralysis and the hat man was in my actual room standing near the door. He was wearing a black western style hat and a black western fringe jacket. He was about seven feet tall. When I was finally able to yell, he left the room. It was 5.30 a.m. when I woke. It was a strange dream, and I was surprised to see other people having similar encounters. I also wanted to note that the hat man appeared in my dream after I saw myself in a mirror. My face was warped and one of my eyes was a bright white. For the past few days, I've been in and out of sleep and felt like something in my room had been watching me. If anyone wants to offer dream interpretations, I'd be very interested. Spooky. Now, before we get into more, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. And we're back. So a man that I mentioned earlier, Timothy Brown, and like he said, has his own website dedicated to the hat man called thehatmanproject.com, in which his purpose is to, quote, research the phenomenon that has come to be known as the hat man. He started his project in 2001, so over 20 years ago, when he began collecting stories from witness experiences that he found on the web, and he's currently writing a book called The Hat Man Revealed. He began his research due to his own encounter that occurred in 1994 when he was just 14 years old. And he actually details his story on his website, and this is what he wrote. Quote, I was living with my grandmother and great-grandmother at the time at my home in Nashville, Tennessee. I'd been staying up really late that night, and at about 2 o'clock in the morning, I found myself lying in bed and nodding off as I was watching TV. The lights were all off, and the only light that was lighting my room was coming from the TV set in front of me. From where I was lying in my bed, looking down toward my feet, I had a clear view all the way into and through my great-grandmother's room, which was just parallel to mine, as there was no door between my room and hers. I could also see into the hallway just on the far side of her room. Just inside the hallway was the door going into my grandmother's room. And as I was lying there with the covers pulled up to my face, just nodding off, my eyes would open and fall, open and fall over and over again. And then at some point, something I heard on TV made a noise and caused me to wake up and open my eyes a little wider. Only this time, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I had always had a fear about intruders and what I would do if someone ever broke into our home. For a brief moment, I thought that the movement I was seeing might be my grandmother getting up to go to the bathroom. But as I moved my eyes more into focus, looking down through my great-grandmother's room into the hallway, I very quickly realized that it wasn't my grandmother. What I saw gripped me immediately with fear and dread. I saw a tall, human-like figure, and the figure looked like that of a man. The man had no distinguishable features whatsoever. I could see no eyes, no nose or mouth, only blackness. He looked like a shadow, only darker, much darker. He had a very wide-brimmed hat and a long trench coat that flowed as he moved. I started to tremble. My heart began to race. At that moment, I came to the conviction that there was indeed an intruder in my house. As I watched him move, in the back of my mind, I began to play out scenarios as to what he and I were going to do. Was I going to yell? Was I going to get up and run after him and try to fight? I kept looking into the hallway. He stood there, 
at the threshold between my great-grandmother's room and my grandmother's room. He leaned his head and body into my great-grandmother's room and looked in, turning his head toward her and then toward me. I had my eyes closed as much as I could so I could still see him and yet still look like I was sleeping. He stood there for what seemed like an eternity, just staring. He then moved very slowly and without sound back into the hallway, just out of view. As I kept watching, I then saw this blacker than black figure move toward my grandmother's room. Just like before, he leaned his body and his head in her doorway, looking at her, again, not making a sound. He then leaned back and moved out of view into the hallway. At this point, I didn't know what else to do. I was convinced that we had some kind of burglar in the house, so I summed as much courage as I could, jumped out of bed yelling, and charged into the hallway ready for a fight. I turned into the hallway, and he was gone. Obviously, my yelling and screaming startled and woke up my grandmother and my great-grandmother, and I told them what had happened, and needless to say, we didn't go back to sleep for a long time, and when we did, we left the light on. After my experience that night and during the next day, I spent a lot of time talking with my family about what had happened. I was surprised to know that my experience of the man with the hat and the cape was not the only one that had happened in that house. As it turned out, both my grandmother and great-grandmother had seen the same thing. My grandmother relayed to me that a few nights prior, she had woken up in the middle of the night, and she too saw a dark figure walk past her doorway in the dim light of the hallway. Since it looked like it was wearing some kind of flowing robe, she thought it was her mother, my great-grandmother, getting up to go to the bathroom wearing her evening robe. In 2001, everything changed. I was driving a long distance one night and hitting the scan button to see if I could find something to listen to on the radio to help pass the time. The station landed on 1510 WLAC on a show called Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. It was probably 2 or 3 AM when the show came on. They were doing a show on what was called Shadow Beings. It was the first time that I had ever heard of something like that. And as I listened to the show, nothing could prepare me for what I heard next. George Norrie and the guest went on to describe people's experiences with one particular shadow being. A dark man-like figure with a large, wide-brimmed hat and a cape. Immediately, I felt chills run down my spine. I knew at that moment that what had happened to me as a teenager was not a figment of my imagination and was definitely not the result of me nodding off. I had seen what these people were describing, exactly. Which is so crazy and bizarre. And I gotta say, like, what's up with the hat man and old ladies? I don't know. I mean, we are gonna talk about how some people kind of describe how he might be like the Grim Reaper. Uh-huh. And that's why he's showing up in like, you know, right. sick and dying people's houses. Very interesting. Yeah. Not so. that he does that exclusively. We just happened to tell two stories when he did. Yeah. But um, yeah, just wild that he happened to hear this on Coast to Coast. Yeah, but it's also kind of crazy that all of these people from just all over the world are saying that they're seeing the exact same 
being. Yeah, like to a T, all the same details. Exactly. Wild. So here is another creepy encounter of the hat man described by Reddit user u slash promixed. And they wrote, quote, In 2004, I was 19 years old in the military and living at my father's house in Quebec, Canada. At around 3 a.m., I was falling asleep in bed watching television in the bedroom, and I remember leaving the television on in the living room to the same channel that I was watching in the bedroom. That is important. Suddenly, I can hear the door to the backyard open. I can hear it, but from my point of view, I can't see it. So I think it was my dad coming back from the bar. 3 a.m. is the time the bar closed down in Quebec, so it makes sense in my head. So I yell, Dad? I can hear a super fast pace coming directly to the entrance of my room. It's hard for me to describe the speed at which I heard it coming. All I can say is it was way faster than what human beings are capable of. And then, right fucking there, a big shadow almost as high as the door frame with a brimmed hat, and I could see an evil smile. I was paralyzed and petrified. I couldn't move at all. I felt like I was going to die. It took only a fraction of a second for him to get from the doorframe to me, and he jumped on me. While he leapt on me, I closed my eyes, and while I felt his hands on my shoulder, I thought of repelling him with God or Jesus Christ, and I opened my eyes to fight back, and he wasn't there anymore, and I could finally move. You know, it's really truly hard to understand if Hatman actually has a purpose or if he just enjoys watching people sleep, but just like the story of Jabari Livingston, some people believe that Hatman is there for a reason and that he may even be the real Grim Reaper. Our next story comes from Reddit user u slash Jen Arroyo 2 and may explain why the Hatman dedicates his time to the sick and dying. Quote, Just for reference, I grew up in a small home, two beds, one bath, across a small hallway from both rooms and the living room slash kitchen. Now my parents' bedroom overlooks the hallway leading to the living room. My bedroom was right in front of the bathroom, a little more to the side of the house. Anyway, I got up, showered, and began to walk to the living room to get my clothes that I had laid out for the following school day. As soon as I went to grab it, I froze. I saw a very tall, dark shadow. Now, keep in mind I was on the younger side, but just thinking, this is it, this is how I go. He was so tall, he almost hit the blades of the ceiling fan. He had a hat and a trench coat. He was a dark shadow, but for some reason, I still could see his features. He didn't wave, speak, smile, just stood and stared. Almost as if just to let me know, I'm here now. What finally snapped me out of it was something grabbing my ankle. I remember being horrified because I was still just wrapped in the towel. I screamed and my mom came running and asked if I was okay. I had a hand-shaped bruise on my ankle and she kept me home that day. She always had a strong connection with the other side. Over the next few years leading to my senior year in high school, my mom battled cancer. I would see him on and off and she would see him in the hallway or in her bedroom, almost as if he was just watching, waiting. October 2015, my mom finally lost her battle, 6.35 p.m. 
My dad, sister, nieces, brother-in-law, and nephew were all in the living room until about 5.30 a.m. We basically needed to process what had just happened. At that time, I got up to go use the restroom and had realized the back door was still open from the mortician picking up my mom, so I went to go close it. I stopped halfway when I noticed a familiar figure, the hat man. He looked at me and tipped his hat, almost as if he was letting me know that he was leaving. I have no idea if he went because of all the negative energy from my mom being sick, but it turns out the rest of my family had seen him too. Different instances and times throughout those years revolving around my mom. One really interesting theory that I came across, you know, regarding Hatman, is that he may even be an astral projection, meaning that someone may be traveling outside of their physical body to harass people in the night without any fear or risk of being caught or convicted. And I think this is really interesting because obviously there's going to be a ton of different theories being thrown out as to why all these different people are seeing Hatman. And, you know, this may seem like a pretty, pretty bizarre theory, but others take, you know, a more logical approach theorizing that these fedora-wearing nightmares are simply the result of mind tricks. So experts on the subject cited in Quartz Magazine explain that, quote, the brain shuts off the body's motor controls during the period of active dreaming in order to protect the dreamer from harming themselves by moving around unconsciously. This has a paralyzing effect and, according to this explanation, it's during these periods of immobility that the hat men appear. This also explains the sense of helplessness. And the reason why when you have sleep paralysis you can't move. Exactly. So medical experts also agree that these experiences are known as hypnagogic hallucinations, which are vivid images perceived in the transition from wakefulness to sleep or possibly the other way around. And all this sounds pretty reasonable, but it still doesn't explain why people who have never met each other and live in different places all around the world would be seeing the exact same man with the exact same description. And why are these experiences happening more and more? Is it because we manifest him in our minds after reading these scary witness stories? Or is there truly something far more sinister afoot? We may never know, but I can almost guarantee you that this will not be the last time that we talk about the hat man. So strangers, what did we learn today? We learned that the best way to avoid hat man is to simply just never sleep again. Come on guys, it's really not that hard. That's what those gas station energy pills are for. Doesn't sleep deprivation cause sleep paralysis too? Oh, damn, I fucked up. There's no way out. There's no way out. We also learned that the reason why Aaron Rodgers is so good is because he takes his daily dose of ayahuasca and pretends that D-linemen are the hat man, so he just completely avoids them. It's no wonder he's rarely sacked. And lastly, we learned that if you're really trying to impress your date, you can always take an ass load of Benadryl and punch Hatman directly in his face. It's guaranteed to win her over, and that's exactly how Daphne and I got together. True story. <laughs> it's not true. Today's horror tip comes to us from the 2001 film Jeepers Creepers, because A, we love Justin Long, and B, because I imagine the creeper looks pretty similar to Hatman. 
If you see someone dumping big plastic bags into a pipe next to a creepy church, just keep moving, y'all. This is not the time to investigate because if you do, you may end up with zero eyes in your face. Rest in peace, Derry. Thank you so much, strangers, for listening to this episode of The Dark Parts. Yes, thank you guys so much. I'm also very interested, actually, to know if any of you have seen The Hat Man. And if you have, please email us because we want to hear about it at thedarkpartspodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure one of you has. Well, you know what's actually really funny is that after doing all this research on The Hat Man... Um, like earlier this morning when I woke up, like I woke up at like 5.30 randomly for no reason. That's unlike you. Yeah. I kept feeling like I was manifesting or seeing Hatman in the corner. Like I remember cause you know, our bedroom door has like these little, uh, glass slates where you could see shadows pass by and I kept seeing something moving back and forth behind the door. And I was like, Oh fuck. What the fuck is that? Wait, actually? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. No. Yeah. Our bedroom? Yes. No. And I kept, I don't know, like, uh, it's like my brain, just because I'd been doing so much research on the hat man, I just felt like I kept, like, trying to manifest it in some way. Like, God, no. What please. am I doing to myself? That's what happens when you host the dark parts. That's what I'm saying. Thank you guys for checking out this show. We appreciate having you here. This was a fun episode, and we'll see you next week. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. In the dark parts. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.